deep breath. The eternal God is your refuge, and underneath are the everlasting arms. Deuteronomy chapter 33, verse 27. My arm may be weak, Rick said, touching his left shoulder, but his arm stayed strong. I needed them to, I said softly. We kissed again. I tucked my hands beneath Rick's right elbow. And now his arms are going to keep us together, I said, forever. The voice of Ian, Amy's ten-year-old son, shattered the moment. Mom! Amy lowered the screen of the laptop. I'm in the writing room, she called out. Ian's feet pounded up the steep, ladder-like steps. Amy's husband, Jeff, had converted a corner of the attic into a private place for Amy to read, work, and pray. We're out of milk, Ian panted when his freckled face came into view. And there is only one cookie left in the jar. Me and Bobby are hungry. "'Bobby and I are hungry,' Amy corrected him. "'Bobby and I are hungry,' he responded dutifully. "'But that doesn't make there be any more cookies in the jar. "'I baked two dozen oatmeal raisin cookies on Wednesday. "'What happened to them?' "'Ask Megan.' Ian looked down at his scuffed sneakers. "'She was in the kitchen with a bunch of her friends yesterday "'while you were up here. "'Maybe they ate them.' "'Amy set her computer aside and got up from the chair. "'She knew she neglected her family.' The final edits of her second novel had consumed every spare moment during the past three weeks. She'd challenged adverbs, mercilessly shortened narrative paragraphs, and made countless changes designed to increase microtension on every page. Finally, she spent two whole days on the last chapter. An emotional payoff at the end of a contemporary romance novel is crucial. She hoped the scene in the airport was a satisfying cherry on top of the fictional Sunday. My book is done she said, getting up from the chair. From now on, I'll have the time to make sure we have plenty of milk and cookies in this house. Yeah, Ian responded. And fresh fruit, Amy added. Why don't you eat a banana? I know there are bananas on the rack next to the microwave. Bobby doesn't eat bananas. He likes apples. Okay, I'll come to the kitchen in a minute and help you find a snack. Ian bounded down the steps and out of sight. Amy followed, keeping a tight grip on the handrail. Ian had the nimble balance of a gazelle. Jeff was convinced their son's combination of strength and agility would translate into high school football stardom with a possible college scholarship. Amy didn't like the thought of eleven muscular brutes trying to slam her baby violently to the ground. She could casually allow the male lead in her novel to be seriously wounded by a rocket-propelled grenade, but when it came to her son being tackled in real life on a grassy gridiron, she was as protective as a mother bear. The second floor of the narrow house contained three bedrooms. The master suite was beneath the writing room. Two other bedrooms were down a narrow hallway. Ian's bedroom was next to his parents' room. Megan, age 14, had turned the third bedroom into a private world she preferred to keep off-limits to the rest of the family. When guests from out of town came for a visit, Ian gave up his room and slept on a trundle bed. The stairway from the second floor ended at one end of the large rectangular family room. To the left of the family room was the eat-in kitchen. Except for Megan, the Clark family spent most of their waking hours in the kitchen and the family room. Ian was balancing on the arm of a dining room chair, trying to open the door of one of the top row of cabinets. Bobby stood beside the chair, holding it steady. "'Ian, what are you doing?' Amy asked. "'Get down before you fall.' There's nothing you need up there. That's where Daddy hides those chocolate peanut things he eats after I go to bed, 
Ian replied from his perch above her head, and he's all out until I go to the grocery store. Ian jumped from the arm of the chair and landed cat-like on the floor. Bobby, who idolized Ian, watched in awe. Amy rubbed the top of Bobby's closely trimmed brown hair. Let me see if I can find an apple. There was a solitary apple in the vegetable keeper of the refrigerator. Amy pressed the skin. The flesh was still firm. I'll cut this into pieces, she said. Can we share the last cookie? Ian asked. After you eat the apple. Standing at the sink, Amy looked across the front yard toward Canterbury Lane, the neighborhood street that ran in front of their house. Ninety miles southeast of Raleigh, Cross Plains, North Carolina, was in the middle of the Sand Hills region of the state. With its slender pine trees and loamy soil, the town bore no similarity to the English countryside, but that didn't keep the subdivision's developer from borrowing street names from famous English locations. Amy's best friend.